Greetings from the world of tomorrow. I'm Richard, but I could be future Richard, or past Richard, or variant Richard. You can't know. You don't know me. And I am, uh, well, I mean, I'm some sort of quantum singularity that uh, represents Carl anyways. I thought you were about to declare yourself a multiversal constant. Be like, and I'm Carl. There's just one of me in every timeline. I have to exist. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to Deep Space and Dragons, where I think we're leaning a little more to the deep space on this one. But in the comments, let us know if there's a dragon time travel topic. But first, Ooh. what's new in the Carlverse? Uh, well, uh, so... <laughs> As of the time of this recording, uh, my my uh, birthday has has recently passed. Uh, uh, such I a am... perfect episode for that. Continue. <laughs> uh, I, I um, worked on my birthday, which was kind of a little bit of a bummer, but whatever. I, I, money is is important, and I didn't really have any other better plans to do because uh, the world's slowest apocalypse is currently upon us. Uh. Uh, in any event. I, I don't like cake that much. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll eat it if, it, if it's offered, but I, it's just not, not really my cup of tea, if you will. Well, that's your uh, entire problem, but please continue, and I'll explain your <laughs> cake problem when I get a chance. Uh, but someone else was being asked how old they were for some reason, I, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm 32. That's, today's my birthday. Uh, and then my coker was like, oh, it's your birthday? Uh, so then they like disappeared for like 20 minutes and came back with a cake. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I couldn't tell them that I was like, hey, I really, I didn't really want a cake. That's why I didn't, didn't like tell my boss that it was my birthday. Cause he would have definitely had a cake. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, then it was, it was actually a, a decent cake, but, uh, and then, you know, obviously you have to be grateful. And I, I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't appreciate that they bought me a cake. I just, I didn't really want it. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. The idea... Well, first I was going to... Wow, my train of thought is just gone. Right, I was going to give a sponge that because cake is dry, you, like, need a hot beverage. Like, if your cake was paired with, like, a Bailey's hot chocolate, I think you'd be okay. Mm. Or a regular hot chocolate. Because we don't have that Bailey's sponsorship. I mean, <laughs> there's no one... There's no way the CEO of Bailey's is listening to us talk about time travel on a random nerd podcast. But if you are, just send me a crate my way. So I can then have this prepared for Carl birthdays and other small celebrations. Mm, yeah, I mean, different varieties of Bailey drinks. Bailey's drinks could be pretty good. I'm not a big fan of the original Irish cream flavor, but the other varieties are pretty on point. That's fair. So happy birthday. And if you listen, end up listening to the, this episode six months from now, actually, no, whenever you listen to this episode, find a way to send Carl a happy birthday message. Doesn't matter when or where. <laughs> could be six months from now it could be like a million years on a distant alien planet to get this recording find carl resurrect him and wish him a happy birthday Ooh. well i mean um perhaps they could just travel through time to find me who knows but uh what's new with you there richard so i had a interesting conversation about instead of writing my next big opus magnus masterpiece i could just make a cookbook I had this epiphany the other day that I actually know enough recipes and have enough access to them that if I so desired, I could write an entire cookbook worth of how to survive on fridge leftovers, which would be the title yeah, of yeah, some okay. cookbook. So as I was having this internal monologue, I ended up making like 
lobster mac and cheese. And by lobster mac and cheese, I mean frozen imitation crab mac and cheese. <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to make the breaded top. So I, of course, didn't have panko flakes, so I hit saltines with a hammer, like you do. <laughs> Grated my fresh cheddar on top of this, and I'm like, yeah, like, I sautéed peppers, crab meat, Old Bay spice, Cajun spice, and like, I made something delicious, but at the same time, I'm just picturing the person who opens a cookbook, and it's like, requirements for this recipe, and one of them is just a hammer. And it's not that I would, like, write panko crumbs like a sensible person, I would definitely write saltines struck with a hammer until they reach a powdery texture. Uh, I will say, uh, when I was younger, my, my mom used to make hamburgers and she would use uh, soda crackers as the uh, as the binding agent. Uh, and she would just, like, you put the crackers in a bread bag and you just smash them with a meat tenderizer. Right? Or, like, I did a similar thing with feta cheese when I worked at Redacted Pizza, where I would put the brick of feta in a Ziploc bag and just hit the brick with one of those sharpening steels until I had nice, fine, textured feta. So, my question to you, my co-host, is would you buy my cookbook, especially if the theme of it was Survival Kitchen, How to Turn Your Kitchen Scraps into Gourmet Dinners? Well, I mean, if you if you wrote the cookbook and you said, yeah, you know, you should check out this cookbook, I probably would actually buy it to support you, and I would definitely try some of the recipes, but uh, I've never bought a cookbook in my life, so... Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too, where I'm like, if I were to do a cookbook, I'd almost have to give it fun themes, like... A dungeons and like dungeons and dinners and give each thing a fun name to it to just kind of like justify Ooh. it dungeons and dinners i like that right which means it probably exists and is copyrighted by someone who is not me <laughs> but with my culinary that out of the way as i like i've just been like messing around a lot in the kitchen with the return to our casual apocalypse like mm -hmm. the other day my brother made deconstructed cabbage rolls Deconstructed cabbage rolls. So you know, isn't that just like beef and and tomato sauce with with like rice on cabbage? There's two ways you can do it. That's the first way, which I mean, to be fair, I failed to see a problem. And the second way is you pretty much take your cabbage and do it like a lasagna, where you're like layering mm. cabbage in the rice and tomato fillings, and then layering the cabbage. Mm -hmm. And then you just like cut your little cut of your slice of your cabbage roll, and then throw your sour cream on top, and boom. Cabbage roll lasagna or deconstructed cabbage roll for those too lazy to roll it. Or is it cabbage cake? Yes. Objectively, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like we've just angered several of our, our more uh, cook aficionados that, that do hopefully listen to us. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like my cooking is weird because I'm actually trained, but I'm also an idiot. So <laughs> it's like on one hand. I know how to make actual crab cakes, like four to five star restaurant quality. So of course I made crab mac and cheese instead. <laughs> like I could make a great meal. So instead I look what I have and then that's just good to go. But with that's being what's new with me is putting my rice cooker to good use. Shall we get into tonight's episode? I, I do believe that it is time to get into the episode. And remember, if you submit your random questions of the week, you can win a digital deluxe copy of The Waltz of Blades. And maybe someday a cookbook, if we're lucky. Disclaimer, there is no current cookbook that exists, but if a bunch of people sent me emails being like, I demand this cookbook, I would make it real. <laughs> I feed on your admiration. Need that instant gratification. Oh, 
Well, with the existence of time travel, really doesn't matter when that gratification is. I will receive it. So, <laughs> that's today's topic, spoilers. We're talking about time travel. If we weren't foreshadowing in the slightest. <laughs> so, let's begin We with... were definitely trying to foretell what we might be talking about. Or maybe we already made this episode and now have to make it again so we don't cause a causal loop. Which is very annoying when you have to keep doing something tedious because if you don't do it, then the triggering event will never have happened to do it. Which is just... Like, imagine that for the one true timeline to exist, we just have a permanent loop of having to record this episode like every couple days in our personal timelines. <laughs> oh, that would be... That would be uh, bizarre for sure. So... With that, let's start with one of the most famous sci-fi shows that I'm pretty sure you've never watched, which is mm -hmm. good old Doctor Who. So Doctor Who applies the we have hundreds of writers and thousands of episodes approach of time travel. And the exact quote is, people assume that time is a strictly linear progression of cause to effect. But actually, mm -hmm. from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Mm. So Doctor Who will often establish firm rules of time travel and then throw them out the window, then reestablish them, then throw them out the window. Because when you just have people bulk writing something for longer than I've been alive, it will inevitably clash with its own logic. So the series outright states it doesn't care. It's a tell its story. It doesn't care what you think about its mechanics. So, uh, well, yeah, because I mean, like Doctor Who has been around since like the fifties. Like the the BBC originally uh, aired their episodes in black and white, as far as I know. I believe. But November I mean, you, you can't actually watch those episodes. is when it came out in this timeline. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought it was a little bit older, but still, that's nearing sixty years old uh, as of the the current time state. Yeah. So with that. I'm going to ask you, what's an example of something that did time travel well? Uh, an example of something that did time travel well. Well, so it really depends on uh, like how m much you care about the time travel itself. Because uh, Samurai Jack, where uh, oh, no, you he is just, but he just, just cast into the future. I mean, it is time travel. Uh, but it avoids all the continuity errors by basically not having him successfully get to the past. And when he actually did get to the past with the final episodes, then it kind of like... I was going to say... Cause it was gonna, okay, but... You're gonna, I really thought it was going to be a conversation like you didn't see the last season, did you? Where they ruined everything completely by having <laughs> him actually go back to the past, making nothing have ever actually happened. Then his wife faded from existence, and it's like, you guys... The series was supposed to be about accepting your lot in life and moving on, and we all thought that it was going to be that he couldn't travel to the past and he had to make the present a better place was, like, the core theme of the show. And then they just mm -hmm. like, nah, nah, we're just going to hand wave it at the end. I mean, Aku didn't even show that he had reverse time travel power. Sending someone to the future is way easier than sending them to the past. <laughs> I could send you to the future right now. I would just have to fly out there, hit you with a hammer, and throw you in a snowbank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, <laughs> excluding the final season of Samurai Jack, which was admittedly uh, created several, uh, well, is it, it several decades after the conclusion? Yeah, or just and it did it years? so well until the last two episodes. Ugh! <laughs> it's fine, I'm uh, fine. It was, 
Well, I mean, the last season also had some some other weird, like the shadow demons being born was uh, not not exactly uh, uh, I something think what I happened rather is, enjoyed. But I think what happened is they got given an M rating and then they used it like fools, which caused it to clash with its own tone. <laughs> uh, but I, I would say, like uh, the samurai Jack, in general, the idea that he got sent to the future. I mean. There's not a whole lot of time travel in the show, but the whole premise of trying to get back to the past and then accepting your lot in life, I, I think it used time travel very effectively to do to tell its story. I agree, which lets me, because I love the compliment stra sandwich strategy, to immediately go to something that did not do time travel well, which was the last <laughs> 30 seconds of Infinity War. <laughs> they had it! They had it! It was in the palm of their hands. They could taste logical, well-thought-out time travel. They established the rules, then they followed their own rules. And you're not actually going into the past. What you're doing is creating a new feature, which is your timeline. They had it! They were so close! <laughs> well, okay, um, to comment on the Marvel Universe in general, um, like, the, the actors have contracts, uh, and, like, Benedict Cumberbatch... Uh, it appears that he's going to be Doctor Strange for like 25 years out of his life. He's like, well, I mean, uh, with the time stone, really, it would just be five years. <laughs> but I mean, like the the t amount of time of his life that he's actually investing into the MCU, uh, it makes sense that they're going to want to give their longtime actors uh, fitting send offs uh, for their characters. So it was like it was a sweet gesture to have Captain America live his life with Peggy Carter and have the happy life that he, that he never had. But that's an alternate timeline. There's no way that Captain America was just there in the background, not actively not doing anything from the 1950s on to now, just so he could show up and be like, hey, you want this shield? It's just, it broke its own internal logic. They made the rules and then they broke them. You just either don't make the rules or don't break them. Because you didn't explicitly tell me that's not how it works, then do it. I wouldn't have been hurt. Uh, so I, I definitely agree uh, that Infinity War had some incredibly solid time travel rules, uh, but just Captain America being an old man at the end just does not work with the established rules of of their time travel. All right, but there's no to, way to make it work. But now to go into a good example, what do you got for a good example? Uh, a, a good example, um, the, uh, Steins Gate. Steins Gate was really, was really solid time travel. Oh, good. That was what actually what I was going to bring up. I'm happy we're on the same page on this one. So what's interesting about Steins Gate is it started as an interactive novel. So each of the mm -hmm. time loops the main character goes through, you got to pick when you looped it. So for like a mm -hmm. branching narrative of pick your dialogue options, it worked in the video game mechanic of resetting into the narrative. Right. But what's tricky is when you're giving something like that, the odds that you just completely drop the pooch on that when you animate it, where you no longer mm -hmm. have that non-linear linear storytelling functionality. Right. Because, yeah, to give a brief overview of Steins Gate, they didn't screw up the time travel, but they did imply that if you eat more iron, it could change your gender. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, I mean, the, the main form of time travel that he did was not necessarily himself physically traveling to the past, but rather uh, successfully sending messages to the past. Uh, so, like, he, he's sending lottery, winning lottery numbers to the past or 
or uh, sending a note to someone's mom so that they would eat more vegetables, which then you know changed their gender. Which I mean, the, also the child's gender. It's an interesting note because that series had an openly trans character, and it was an interesting way instead of expensive surgery to actually let that play out. I'm not sure mm. like how progressive the resolution that individual character reached with their arc. But that would be mm. a very small nitpick over what was an overall fantastically well-constructed series to use time travel. Because later in, he starts with the text messages. And then mm-hmm. realizes that his text messages result in all his friends being machine-gunned to death horribly. <laughs> so he um. then builds a machine to send his specific memories back in time. So whenever he answers a phone call, he then gets an update, a, a mental, basically his own memories of what happened in that timeline. Right. Uh, so, so it's like uh, th- the way that it used time travel super effectively was in the fact that uh, they sent information through time, but they didn't actually send physical bodies through time because uh, if the just like my personal theory of how time travel would actually work is that uh, if you could move faster than the speed of light, you would break causality and arrive somewhere before you left. But the tricky part is reconstituting something that has infinity plus one energy. Which, sending a text that way seems substantially more feasible than sending a person. As yeah. we discussed specifically in philosophy class, because this came out up in philosophy, if you teleport somebody and you disassemble their molecules and reassemble them, you definitely killed them. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> they're definitely dead. Even if they have all the memories, it's like that, that person was definitely no longer living... And maybe you somehow managed to reconstitute them into a living state, but like, you killed them. that's that's the trickiest part about time travel is reconstituting whatever you send. Well, that in internal logic. So time travel, as a work of fiction, I believe it's based on the rules you set down in your work of fiction and not breaking those rules. In Steins Gate, mm-hmm. the premise was as soon as he sent his memory back, that timeline instantly got erased. It never happened, but he remembers that it happened as like a ghost echo memory. Mm-hmm. So the idea was that each time he repeated this loop, he would remember bits and pieces for the other loops. Mm-hmm. And then oh, he did enough loops, and that's the music part. His special ability to remember time loops came as a result of him going through hundreds of thousands of time loops. Right. And he learned that everything he did when he was messing with time basically snowballed into his childhood friend being machine gunned to death. But then he had to make the classic Sophie's choice of in the original timeline, his girlfriend gets cadavered. And then he had mm. to find the exact perfect timeline. And I like the conclusion of Steins Gate where they time hacked. Because I love the idea of the time hack where you need to make the timeout play exactly as it looked like it did, but made changes so minute and little that if you watch it, it played out exactly as it did the first time. But you basically scammed causality. <laughs> Well, so uh, Steins Gate actually has has an interesting concept, which I think will move nicely into into what I want to use as an example, another example of something that where time travel went wrong, uh, which is the idea uh, that uh, all timelines lead to the same place because <laughs> there Final was space. the the different uh, different time strands, and then they all came up to this single knot where his girlfriend died, and effectively, and so then he had to try and. Try and try and figure out how to, to work the, the the time travel and reverse a lot of his choices because they caused a lot of the problems that caused her to die. What's really interesting is he even had a decibel point and he's like, okay, we need to make a big enough change 
to move from one time stream to the other because all the little branches converge over these main events and you have to shift everything exactly enough to end up on another time path. Mm -hmm. Which I've seen a few things try and use that time path logic like my friend Final Space. <laughs> well, that was where I was going to go with the, the idea that they do have time travel and they explicitly state that all timelines end up in Final Space. Uh, but future Quinn has some uh, continuity errors that just don't make sense. Which is fair, but one thing I will give them a shadow for is add a character, die. And as soon as you're like, oh, the show has time travel, there's no way this character's dead. We want to sell plushies of him. But they specifically <laughs> didn't show the body and had him fall dramatically, where some people are like, oh yeah, there's no way he died. We didn't see it happen on camera. Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> so it's really hard to tell with that one how much of their time travel was actually nice and neatly scripted out on post-it notes like Steinsgate, and how much was, hey, we're doing a Family Guy-style comedy, we can do whatever we want, i.e. the Doctor Who method. Well, okay, but so the, the future Quinn problem that, that I have is it's like, um, all timelines lead to final space, right? Uh, and they kind of explicitly state that every single timeline except for the one that Future Quinn saves Gary in. Um, Gary dies. Gary dies. Gary went to Final Space and he dies. Well, there's but, billions of Gary corpses floating around, which was a beautiful graphic for the record. But but Future Quinn has a selenium implant that present Quinn got from going to Final Space. Yep, they, they so, dropped the ball. If they had a fourth season, maybe they could have pulled their way out of it, but... Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And and then also, like, Future Quinn gave instructions to the mad scientist on, on Earth that was in Final Space, which it, it seems to me that according to the timeline, like, I, because Future Quinn found, had to search through every single timeline to find the one where Gary didn't go to Final Space. Because she was a less cool version of the Steinsgate protagonist, who was just, I love the Steinsgate's protagonist, but I'll get back to that on a later time. I, I, I just uh, their time travel didn't break itself until Future Quinn started affecting things in Final Space and also was affected by Final Space but shouldn't have I, I don't know I don't know it just exactly. kind of imploded and it'll never finish it'll never get a satisfying conclusion but to move to what I find today to hold up is the best example of time travel done right and something that doesn't care about any laws of anything the future <laughs> trunk saga of Dragon Ball Z had flawless time travel where I can find no logic flaws. I cannot okay, believe I, it. I, I, I actually do have a, a question for you about Dragon Ball Z's time travel specifically. Yes. Because, so, the Dragon Ball Z time travel, even even with the additional information that Dragon Ball Super adds in with the... With, uh, whenever you time travel back, it creates uh, a time ring, which is essentially contains that, I'll call it time path. Alright, so how time travel works, and I might answer your question as part of this monologue in Dragon Ball Z, is that time traveling is actually impossible. You cannot travel back into the time to change events. But, because there's countless infinite parallel worlds, what you can do is go to a parallel reality that's further behind on the time stream. So just simply you went to the alternate reality that's identical to yours, but seven years older. You create a hole mm. connecting yours to that one, and you move to that one. Nothing you do in that one will change your original one, because you're bridging to an alternate timeline that always existed because there's an infinite number of them. 
So you go there, do your thing, and then you just go back home. So what these rings in this machine are, is they're just anchor points because you're actually traveling into a different multiverse phase. But because there's an infinite number of them in infinite phases, you're like, okay, this is the one of the infinite alternate realities that was seven years ago. So you just go there to do your thing seven years ago. Hmm. I mean, I guess that kind of answers my question because because <clears throat> the one thing that has always confused me is um, the history of Chunk's movie is 100% the original timeline as it happens. The androids show up, they kill them. Goku dies, the androids show up, they kill everybody except for Gohan and Trunks, and then Trunks goes back in time to try and fix things and finds out that he can't, which is tragic, but... You don't know till you try. Uh, but, so, Trunks goes back in time, mm -hmm. and then he returns to his future where Cell kills him and steals the time machine. But goes back in time to before Trunks went back in time. So what happens here is because each one's a different phase, there's two different future Trunks timelines. There's mm. the, So the Apex original timeline is actually the saddest one, where Trunks warps to Multiverse A, I'll call it, does this thing, mm. well, warps back to Multiverse B, Cell kills him, Cell moves to Multiverse C. Multiverse mm -hmm. C happens, where Trunks learns about Cell, then he goes to Multiverse D, to fix it. So the Trunks that got murdered by Cell is not the same Trunks that shows up at all. Right. It's just each variant is, we got variant with no time travel, variant where he makes one trip and there's no Cell, variant where he makes one trip and there is a Cell. Because the version where Cell went to where they both visited is a specific timeline. Hmm. Which... Well, okay, but see, then, then it gets even more confusing because in theory... Trunks comes back the second time to find out the androids are not the same androids that are in the future. Uh, in fact, because they have... I'm surprised that there's no fat jokes about it, uh, but they have like the Chiaotzu looking yeah. adult Chiaotzu guy and I, Dr. Jiro instead I of mean, 17 I mean, the Dragon Ball version, they do call him, how did you give an android diabetes? But continue. <laughs> uh, but, so, it's like... Um, <clears throat> I guess, I suppose, each each timeline, like, this is probably one of the simplest ways to deal with time travel, too. It's since each each time you travel back in time just creates its own branching timeline. Yeah. So, Although you're suggesting that it doesn't, and there actually exists in parallel worlds already. Interestingly enough, one possible interpretation of this is when Trent travels to the past from his timeline, he never actually goes back to that timeline. He instead ends up at a third timeline where he traveled back to it. So interestingly enough, and they kind of branch on this in Super a bit. So the very first time after the history of Trunks movie where he leaves that timeline, he never returns mm. to that specific timeline again. Because he can't. Oof. Instead, he just makes a new one every time he uses the machine. Mm. So he never actually goes the same place twice. He actually went to three different Earths where he met Goku and pals. And... But each of these timelines were based on the number of times he'd went there. Right. So he had like 13 save states running at some point. <laughs> but the thing, the benefit to this version of time travel is there is no, you change something in the past and you watch the future magically change in front of you. Which mm. is almost impossible to do well in fiction. Where instead, right. each time you time travel, you've just made a new timeline. That works great in fiction. Because much like how Infinity War said it was going to do, it was going to use that method. Of there, once we used our time machine, we just added a chunk onto this timeline, and we didn't actually change anything. Right. Until they then did. 
Because <laughs> the, the Looper-style timeline, which is what people love to use in fantasy and sci-fi, is just the hardest one to write well. Unless you're Lucifer uh. and the Biscuit Hammer, where you somehow nail it first try. <laughs> well, I mean, that one is actually more of an example of... Um... A, a, another form of time travel that I that I think is quite plausible, uh, because so uh, if time travel did actually exist, right? Um, like it would it would most likely have something to do with quantum physics, because the quantum physics is the idea that absolutely everything in the universe is just a probabilistic state, sure, and that when you observe it, you collapse all the probabilities into reality. And under that kind of interpretation, uh, if you could figure out how to uh, observe the past, you could collapse all of the current possibilities into that reality, and everything else would just be destroyed, and there wouldn't be any there wouldn't be any continuity errors because although you remember that timeline, it doesn't exist because you collapsed that possibility out. So. So some of the most beautiful uses of time travel in Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, where, to give light spoilers, is there's a bit where it's like, I had a dream. And a lot of their time travel takes place in dreams, where, much like mm. Steinsgate, you're receiving information, not physical objects. So the idea that I had a dream where I talked to you on a staircase, but you looked older, and then I thought nothing of the scene at the time until he physically talks to the guy in his dream from the future to get vital information. Okay, I guess I did forget about that section of time travel in Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Uh, I was thinking more about the fact that that the uh, main villain just the pair of twins the future. That was his battle. Travel back in time by just smashing uh, the future. Yeah, and, and so like they 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 like I say uh, collapse the possibilities down into one that is in the past with a giant uh, mallet, which. <laughs> which is the the two easiest ways to do time travel are collapsing all other possibilities or just having multiverses where each your time travel doesn't affect the universe that you actually came from. But yeah, what really impressed me for Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer wasn't that we come from the future, keep smashing the t present and going into the past. Because even mentioned later that because some things played out the way they did, their future they came from just straight up doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But they also did the causal loop style time travel correctly of at one point I talked to one guy and he remembers me talking to him from the future. And then there's a bit where he talks to himself from the future and he gives mm. him a pep talk, which technically meant the last chapter of Lucifer the Biscuit Hammer was predetermined. But they then explained that it wasn't because after that pep talk, the version of him he talked to could totally just be erased if things didn't play out the right way. Mm. So they didn't actually cause any paradoxes or logic fallacies, but technically the last chapter didn't actually have any risk to it, because it already played out. Mm. But that wasn't what the story was about anyway. So, well, and, and every single example of their time travel uh, has payoff. Mm -hmm. So they're not just mucking about willingly to be like, I want to tell a story about vampires in 16th century London. <laughs> Instead, they, the four four times they use time travel in that series are for a very specific purpose. And because they don't re-travel back to the future after traveling to the past, 
they don't have the and the future changed in real time problem mm -hmm. because their time travel other than the couple instances of time skipping they then go back around the long way which leads me right. to siren which had time travel but like wasn't weirdly wasn't committed to it till about halfway through the series but i don't think they did anything wrong i just don't think they were planning a time travel series uh yeah i mean like you say it does kind of have that weird closed loop problem where they could technically remove the thing that allowed them to time travel because the thing that allowed them to time travel came from the future but at the same time, they they did a pretty good job of uh, like the changes that they made uh, had meaningful impact on the future when they went to the future. And also, this is worth knowing at the very end of the series, he does mm -hmm. lose all his special abilities because he fully closes the loop. So he got mm. his time travel abilities from the future because someone else yeeted him into the future. And then time right. travels only like about four times over the course of the show, actually. For being called Siren, he doesn't go to Siren very often. <laughs> but after doing the loop a couple times, at the very end when he beats the bad guy who causes the dystopia apocalypse, he then, the bad guy's defeated, the loop ends, and then he loses his own powers at the end because there's no loop to get them from. But it also doesn't matter because they stop the dystopia by punching the guy in the face. <laughs> so I think they solved it. Like, I think it was self-contained enough that basically, and this is a trope they use a lot in time travel, which I call the time travel never happened closed loop, where you can have mm. as many time travel loops as you want as long as the final loop negates time travel completely. Right. Then you've technically cleaned up everything because your final loop, you never built the fucking time machine. Excuse mm. my coarse language. <laughs> but once you've never built the time machine and then time travel can't happen anymore, you've cleaned up all your loose ends. Because then is you only fair. have the one character who has the memories of these happening and no physical evidence. Mm -hmm. Or even have the character just lose their memories of it and just move on with their lives, having had their Narnia adventure. <laughs> Where a lot of uh. things will just butcher time travel to heck. Looking at well, you, Bleach. Yeah. <laughs> um, another, like, uh, looper... Was a, real, was a pretty cool movie. Oh, Looper. Uh, but its its time travel mechanics were so, uh, so strange. Well, the thing about Looper is Looper was one of those ideas came first, mechanics came second. You know, it'd be mm -hmm. cool having an assassin assassinate himself in an assassination loop. Ooh, edgy. Look how sci-fi we are. I'm like, you just want to do Fast and the Furious, but don't have a budget for cars. <laughs> because <laughs> that movie was 90% your cliche Fast and the Furious movie and 10% also we had a time travel shtick well I mean and they had this like interesting thing where it's like the 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 assassin was supposed to assassinate themselves to close the loop which was called Looper uh, and the one one character uh, when he's supposed to assassinate himself future character escapes and then to capture the future character the gang, the mafia that has the assassination loops, like dismembers the present uh, character, which causes the future character to lose limbs. But, but then that just the continuity just gets so like it implodes. Weird. It just implodes on itself. It just simply would not work that way with the fiction they've set. Because, like I said, you can tell me any tra travel rules you want, 
but they have to hold under the weight of their own internal logic. Mm-hmm. Let's take a... Man, I had an example, and it just eluded me. It's deeply tragic. Was it Lego Ninjago? No. I think I was going to go with the character in Bleach of a Sword that when he cuts you, it, introduces, it puts you into your backstory. It means you've been always been friends your entire life. Or whatever, however he decides he wants to insert himself into your backstory. He just—he seems to want to just be friends with people. Which I mean is but... sad, kind of. But <laughs> the idea is that if you just change a piece of the past at random, but the only ramification is one small detail changed, it doesn't really work with the loop-based time travel. It works mm. much better with the multiverse-based one, where, okay, you just made a variant timeline with this one fact about it. But when you right. try and do a closed loop where things happen in real time, like the TV show The Flash, every time they time travel, it makes me want to throw a brick through the screen. Because <laughs> they'll be like, I travel back in time because I have that power. But every time I travel back in time, it makes things worse, but also not. So I guess this guy traveled back in time and stole this other guy's face, and then I travel back in time to fight him. I'm just like, you've like imploded on your own logic like eight times here. <laughs> Especially yeah. the real-time time travel where you stand there and you just watch reality change around you because someone traveled back in time and I'm like, uh, no? It looks cool <laughs> on screen, but no. Uh, so, uh, I, I asked some of my coworkers what their favorite time travel stories were, and I, full disclosure, I have not seen Lego Ninjago, uh, but uh, I, when I asked someone what their favorite time travel story was, they thought about it for like 15, 20 minutes, and that was their answer. I was like, huh, yeah, I'm a little bit curious about this Lego Ninjago series. I hope Is that the entire story? Because no further research was done? Because if so, kudos. <laughs> that was literally today that I asked this guy, and then I came home, we started recording this. Because <laughs> when I was asking my roommate his thoughts on time travel... Normally, he likes to give not answers that are, like, deliberately unhelpful. Like, okay. Like, for example, let's say I said hypothetically, like, if we were in the Gundam world, what would you be? And he's like, well, logically nothing, like, changing where we are doesn't change what you are, so you'd probably still be a cook. I'm like, that's not a fun answer. <laughs> it's that like, is not fun. Like, what if we were in the setting of My Hero Academia? You'd still be going to college for your writing degree? I don't really understand why this changed. I'm like, that's not a fun answer. So when I'm like... <laughs> It's like, what's your favorite time travel story? It's like, time travel's impossible. Ooh. It's like, that's not a that fun is, answer. That is a downer. Right? That's not a fun answer at all. But yeah, like, another time travel anime I watched was called Erased. And the idea was that he got traveled back and had one shot to fix the future before being things. So you, like, follow him as an elementary school student trying to stop his friend from being murdered. Okay. And it used the idea that his superpower was he got launched back in time before it happened. I didn't get all the way through the show, unfortunately. Yeah, but I think I might have read or watched at least one episode of it, but I don't, don't really remember much about it. But it's an interesting notion, the classic, oh, we travel back in time to prevent a crime from happening, but it's predetermined is interesting. And as long as you follow your own internal logic, I'm fine with it. Like, let's take Futurama. Mm -hmm. Futurama had lots of time travel episodes, and mm -hmm. Fry was his own grandfather. That was their joke at the expense of the grandfather paradox. Is he's literally <laughs> his own grandfather. Well, and then that is another way to do time travel is, is the predeterminist thing where, uh, like, it does mean that someone has to spontaneously exist. But uh, 
if you accept the fact that someone has to spontaneously exist, there's nothing stopping uh, future you from going to the past, and that is just how the timeline has always been and always will be. It just means that the timeline is, is far more predetermined than most people like to believe. And with that, let's head on to our random questions of the day for your chance to win a digital deluxe edition of the Waltz of Blades. So first we have our random dragon question, and this one's kind of a specialty for you. You have to name one item on the menu at a restaurant, the dragon. What is the food item? The dragon? Hmm. No, hmm. I will make fun of you if the answer is immediately racist. <laughs> well, no, okay. Um, so my first, first instinct is definitely to go with something spicy, but uh, I think I would rather uh, go with something dragon-shaped, perhaps dragon-shaped and spicy. Uh, so I am going to go with a dragon-shaped fish cake. So my immediate thought was, I've been to sushi restaurants where they do the dragon roll, where it's a spicy sushi roll shaped like a dragon with little like cucumber horns in the tip of it. I'm like, that is awesome. Ooh, yeah, okay. The sushi restaurant by that I used to go to in Calgary had a very beautiful dragon roll. Mm -hmm. But that's a dragon roll, not just the dragon. So instead, I'm going to make like a chorizo jalapeno popper pizza and just make it like the dragon pizza. Because if you're looking at a pizzeria, you don't actually have to put the word pizza next to the item. If it's just called the dragon and you're like mm. habanero scotch bonnet and chorizo with caramelized <laughs> onions, you're good to go. Yeah, I, I will admit uh, my choice of fish cake uh, yeah, right? is, gotcha. is is due to the, uh, the oriental nature of of dragons in general. I mean, I guess there is European and Western culture about dragons, but but uh, I also just happen to have really enjoyed getting fish from Seven Eleven in Japan. That's fair. Uh, and I, I just wish I had like a spicy dragon shaped fish cake to, to that I could have gotten from a 7-Eleven because that would be that would be 7-Eleven would be my restaurant of choice to buy the dragon <laughs> fair enough and with that let's move into our random question of the week what is the oddest form of entertainment you enjoy the oddest form of entertainment that I enjoy I can answer this one first if you like uh sure the fact I listen to D&D &D players live stream their D&D &D adventure where I'm listening to people play a tabletop role-playing game, it's probably the oddest <laughs> form of entertainment I enjoy when you actually think about it. I'm listening to voice actors stream themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons instead of just watching a fantasy series or playing Dungeons and Dragons. So I admit that that's probably objectively odd, but I enjoy it. Hmm. Uh... I'm really hoping you say drag brunch. Because <laughs> where would you even find that in Saskatchewan? No, I, I would say that the oddest form of enter entertainment that I enjoy, uh, and it ties nicely into uh, my uh, segue that I always like, that I've been ending the show on lately, uh, about uh, and, and, um, doing uh, watching our, our, our live streams when we do our, our Twitch and stuff. Uh, but I, I think it's a little bit odd to uh, enjoy punishing yourself playing a game in another language. Like I, it, it made me 
such a sense of satisfaction having uh, played Taiwanese uh, SD Gundam online and learning that for whatever reason, uh, 98 means go. Fair. I will definitely take that answer and roll with it and wrap things up nicely. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. It may seem like it ran a little long, but maybe it was short. Time is relative. If you feel like this episode is too long, maybe watch it in a fast-moving car. Thank you for tuning or, in. Or maybe maybe watch it at super speed. The faster it goes, the less time acts upon it. But uh, that just means that it'll get you to the future faster, I guess. I mean, I know I don't have time to open up this conversation, but I 100% watch shows at 150 times speed if I'm watching them a second time. <laughs> like I, it's it's a challenge, but I can do it. Thank you for all for tuning in. Take care and bye bye. Oh, and uh, just as that segue, uh, you know, don't forget we do have our our video game stream. So if you're interested uh, in Come watching us, us play some Twitch. random games, so we might play some Kirby, we might play some Gundam. Who knows? Uh, maybe maybe leave some comments in in our podcast here as to what kinds of games you might enjoy us watching watching us play. Absolutely, uh, but and. Um, Until that future plays out, have a great time, and bye! Bye!